When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, This is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludicrous. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holler at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. At State Farm, we're committed to uplifting black futures. In collaboration with organizations like 100 Black Men and National Urban League, State Farm provides high school students with the opportunity to learn and apply best practice strategies for saving and investing, all while offering academic support, life skills, and exposure to college access programs to prepare these students for life after high school. Check out 100blackmen.org and nul.org to donate and learn more. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Yo, what's good, everybody? It's your boy Kelly here. And I want to say thank you for listening to the Black Wealth Renaissance Podcast, because without you all, we would not be here. And I have a very exclusive announcement to make. We are releasing a brand new show. That's right. We're coming out with a brand new podcast called What's On Your Timeline. We're taking that little segment out of our podcast. We're making it a brand new show exclusively on Patreon. So click the link below. Join our Patreon for as little as $5 a month. You'll get an episode every week of a raw, unfiltered, unedited versions of us. You get to hear from me, Jalen, David, and even Jerry. You get to hear what we think about on our timeline. You get to hear what we're into, what are we listening to, what are we learning, and we'll get to even teach some things possibly. And I promise you, you won't regret it. We're going to talk about stocks. We're going to talk about crypto. We're going to talk about real estate. We're going to talk about the Federal Reserve. Hell, even in this last episode, we talked about Kwame Brown. You know, you're going to get the raw, unedited versions of us. And it is exclusively on Patreon, so click the link below. Check it out. Tell us what you think. If you want to join, like I said, again, click the link below. It's only $5. Literally a dollar, almost a dollar a week, you can get a brand new episode of What's On Your Timeline. So, and we appreciate y'all for rocking with us. Peace out. What's up, y'all? It's your boy David with Blackwell Renaissance. And I'm here today to tell you guys about Anchor. If you haven't heard of Anchor, it's the best place to make a podcast. Anchor is a free app that has creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast straight from your phone. Anchor also distributes your podcast across all major platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and many others. You can also make money on your podcast with Anchor with no minimum listenership. Anchor is everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So if you're looking to get started on your own podcast, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm. Have you been thinking about starting a podcast, but you don't know exactly where to get started? Maybe you don't know exactly what equipment you should buy or who you should go through with the hosting platforms. Well, good news. I created a course just for you. It'll be showing you how to make the fewest mistakes possible on your podcasting journey. It's called the Podcasters Playbook, and it's a total masterclass taught by me, showing you all the techniques and tricks that we use behind the scenes of the Black Wealth Renaissance podcast. Swipe up now. Click the link in the show notes so you can purchase the podcast's playbook.
tell what color. Can you make me a hundred million? Let's talk money. Can you make me that? If you can't make me that, I won't talk to you. You shouldn't even get this tape. Hey, I got money on my mind. I'm just trying to get some dough. I ain't picking up my line unless it's money on the phone. Gotta get it on the daily, all I want is dubs, you know what I'm on. I've been chasing after paper, all I know is broad money marathon. Do five years of this and be a millionaire and go on do what I want to do, have kids, go live my chip and joy in a game black out here in Texas or struggle for next year. The choice is yours. What's up guys? Welcome to the Black Wealth Renaissance Podcast. Our goal of this podcast is to normalize black wealth and share helpful resources and tips we believe will be useful in attaining and maintaining generational wealth. Please feel free to rate and comment on our podcast. We would love to hear all feedback you have. Now, enjoy the show. Welcome, welcome everybody to another episode of the Black Wealth Renaissance Podcast. Your boy David Bella, one-fourth of the Black Wealth Renaissance Podcast. Checking in with my brothers, Jalen and Kelly. How y'all feeling? What up, what up, what up? It's your boy, Jalen, man. One quarter of the Black Wealth Renaissance. Feeling good, feeling great. We back at it like a crack at it. Man, it's Saturday. It's kind of muggy outside, but the energy's still great. So we here. What's good, everybody? It's your boy, Kelly, here. One-fourth of the Black Wealth Renaissance Podcast. I'm happy to be here. Yes, sir. In back person. in town again. Back in the green room. Hey, man, I'm happy to be here, man. We've been grinding all night. I've been grinding all day, man. Let's grinding all since yesterday. Yeah, yeah, really. Man, trying to get it done, trying to... Trying to take it to the next level always. Got to put that work in. And you got some major stuff on the way, too. Yeah, yeah man. man. Bought a house. Yeah. Man. About to close on it in April. That's going to be cool, man. Hey, come on, man. My expenses hard, man. Hey. House acting. Come on, man. Hold on. Let me get, yeah, get it up for my brother. Get it up for my brother, man. Shout man. out to Teddy. Buying that real estate, man. Everybody, everybody got to get some type of real estate in their bill, man. Yeah. Congratulations to my brother, man, Appreciate on the house hack, man. Got that. That's we always talk about it. We learn so much from all these people taking advantage of this information. Yeah, Make sure y'all just doing that as well. Like I said, and congratulations to my brother. But y'all, once again, as always, we have another amazing episode planned for y'all. Um, we have an amazing guest today, someone I'm very excited to speak to. She is a young lady originally out of Austin, Texas. She is an artist, former tattoo artist, turned professional artist like oh she on some picasso like yeah she on her yeah with the yeah, yeah. with the yeah she got that she's nice yeah miss brianna james this guy talk artist <laughs> how you living what's up what's up <laughs> i'm Appreciate glad you for coming on the show mm-hmm. I said, i'm glad y'all can pronounce my name correctly i get called everything else but the right pronunciation that's <laughs> <laughs> to do the research we've we got yeah. to make sure we, we, we told you, we, you family, we chilling, we having a good time. We can't be calling you the wrong day. <laughs> <laughs> no, I appreciate that. <laughs> How you doing today, Brian? I'm doing good. I'm blessed. The sun is shining on me, so I can't complain. We still settling in. Just touched down from Italy. So I'm currently located in South Carolina, but I'm just glad to be back on this side of the pond so I can... Get the ball rolling, because it's been too long. And we're going to have to get into that Italy thing a little bit later in here. Um, okay. Because we're kind of familiar, and we know that you've been overseas, so. Yeah, like, you have a very interesting story. I can't wait to get into it. So we're going to get ready. we just hop right into it, Rianne. So the way we always start these podcasts, we want to ask, like, how'd you get your start? Like, how'd you find your way into this art space and becoming a God to artist? 
Well, that's a story within itself. That's a story on top of a story, but I've been drawn since I was little. I picked up my first crayon at three years old. I've been taking art classes since grade school. My mama was real strict, so I couldn't do sports. I couldn't do practically anything. So I really kind of put all of my energy into creating and went to college, went to Sam Houston State for Bachelor's of Fine Arts for a semester and withdrew because I was trying to go to TSU. Didn't work because my degree wasn't supported there. So I got sidetracked with the tattoo industry, did tattoos for a second, actually for two, three years. And then if y'all want to read upon that, you can check out my blog on my website. But aside from that, I went full time back in 2016. And it was something that I was praying on for a while. And because of all the mishaps that I went through with tattoo industry, my parents weren't too fond of that. They were like, no, baby, I think you should go back to school. I think you should, you know, do this as plan B. And I'm like, no, like, this is my calling. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm making more money doing what I love versus being on a nine to five. And at that time I was working at forever. So I would, I just, I would be up like 2 a.m. to 7 a.m. just painting. And after taking that step, you know, that leap of faith, I was like, man, you know, it was scary first trying to get off that cliff. But after you dive in and you start swimming in your purpose, that's a whole nother feeling. And so I embraced it fully. And, you know, entrepreneurship is not easy, but it's worth it when your heart's in it, you know, especially when you love doing what you're doing and it don't feel like work to you. So. Mm. And you, you definitely got some things in that I want to get into. And I think the first thing is you choosing your degree in fine arts, because I ain't even gonna lie, even on this show, I've said it before, like, unless you're really, really serious about it, a finance degree is useless. That was something I said, and that was ignorance from me. But what made you choose the fine arts thing? Because I know in America, like the arts is something that we kind of lost touch with as a full-time business or like as a way of living. So what made you choose that to say, okay, this is something that I can see myself actually excelling in? Because it's original. And aside from just contemporary arts or things that you see in the museum, it doesn't reflect us. Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. So I felt like I needed to step in and create something that can reflect us. And when our generations grow up and see the work, they look at it and they see themselves in a uplifting light. They see themselves in a way that can give them courage to go out into the world and know that they are powerful, know that they have something within them that says, I am a king, I am a queen. So I felt like that was needed in this industry. I felt like it was needed for our people to see that they are beautiful because we are condemned and oppressed so much. So I was like, man, I can change. I can make a killing with this. And it wasn't even so much of monetary gain. It was just, at the end of the day, I told you it's something that I love to do. It was something that's naturally a part of me. So eventually the doors opened where I could turn it into a a, uh, career, but it came so naturally. And then seeing how people hopped on board with it, I was like, I could, I could actually make something, you know, make a difference with this. So I just kind of took the ball and rolled with it. 
I want to kind of go back to the beginning. Like, what was the first drawing or the first art piece that you did that was like, man, I'm actually pretty good at this? Yeah, I like this. So I wish I could pull it up in enough time if I can. But back in when I was working in the tattoo business, I would start painting because I didn't start painting until like 12th grade. Even then, I wasn't really tampering with it. But the first piece I did was of Lil Snoop. And Lil uh, Snoop, really hey. from, from Jonesboro, yeah. Louisiana? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, hey, man. Shout out. <laughs> RIP Lil Snoop, for real. Yeah. So I ended up painting him and I ended up sending the picture to his mom. And that's when I, I kind of fell in love. I was like, dang, like, I could really start creating on canvas. And aside from doing the tattoos, I was like painting and like creating small pieces and people would purchase them. And so I was like, oh, people are really like, they really feeling it. So like, let's see where we can go with this. And once I broke away and like did my nine to five, I just started noticing that I was making more selling paintings than I would work in at Forever 21. So I was like, let me just go ahead and, you know, take this chance. But mm-hmm. I apologize. I'm really trying oh, no, to good. But yeah, it that was the first piece that kind of uh, encouraged me to really tap into painting that much more. But if you look at the pieces that I had then versus now, it's like the evolution is real. Like if you continue to stay, like mm-hmm. exercise what you love doing, the growth. As I said, I try to encourage people so much, like never let up, no matter how hard or how hot that pressure get on you. Like you got to keep going because you will see that growth and it'll just it'll make you want to grind even harder to keep going to get it, you know, because you never know like where you'll end up being. I never knew that I would be an international fine artist to have my work everywhere and to have a career, to have people from all sides of the world just embracing this gift. So I'm grateful. I love it so much. And I think it's a lesson just like not even just with art, but just with business in general, that it started with you identifying a need. Like you looked at the market you were in, the thing that you wanted to do when you were like, this isn't here. My people aren't being served. And the fruits to everything that you reaping now is because you just started. You didn't have an idea it was going to become what it became, but it all started with a need. Mm -hmm. Uh, I just I think that's the real important thing to note. So like. I guess with people that want to market their art or like trying to make that transition with their art, how do they start getting people to kind of take them more serious? Like, what was that process like for you? Like, I know you said people were just kind of picking, like they wanted it, but like, how did you get them to start taking it more serious to like want to buy your originals and things of that nature? So for me, even though, like I said, I was an introvert, I can be an extrovert when needed. And I felt like naturally you can have a skill but if you're not able to apply that skill to the business asset of things, you can only go so far. Like you really need to educate yourself on the business aspect. So I had to challenge myself and network. I had to get out of my shell and speak with people. So, you know, before the internet, before social media, people were flourishing, opening up businesses just by word of mouth. So I encourage people to get out and speak with people, get out and go to businesses and let them know like what you're offering. Like, hey, I mean, there's this strip in Houston that's a part of Almeda. It's nothing but black owned businesses. I'll get out there and pass out business cards and like, hey, I'm an upcoming fine artist. This is what I do. If you need any murals for your salon, for your barbershop, for your cafe, 
I am the girl to hit up. Like, and eventually the word just gets out and people see your work, especially like, you know, older folks ain't going to be on social media. So like they see that and it's like, it's just by who you speak with and eventually it just spreads like wildfire. So I say personally, get out and network with people, see what's going on in your city as far as events, upcoming events. Eventbrite is like the main source where you can check out upcoming events that's taking place, upcoming galleries that's taking place. Art collectors are all around. So, you know, it's usually the people that don't make the most noise that are willing to spend the most money. So it's like, you got to get in, in touch with that kind of group. So you can get in, like get in good and like show them like, hey, this is what I got going. And, you know, you better give me while I still am showing love. Because once I blow <laughs> up, baby, it's going, that's the all. The price going up. <laughs> Let them know. <laughs> And I'm glad you kind of touched on that. Like the people who are willing are probably not the large, the people who speak in the most. Can you tell us a story of the first time you actually got paid from your art? So I've been getting paid like since when I first started, but I can say the first like major project that I had, it was through a mutual friend and he was an actor and he suggested my work for the sinking ink mural. I'm about to pull it up right now. And it was a part of the Alley Theater in Houston. It was the first Black play that took place. And even though I would say I would have charged more for it, but I was just grateful to have my work a part of Houston's city. But this is the mural that's downtown. Yeah, so that's I ended up getting just paid 4K for it. But that was like back in, yeah. at the time, it was back in 2016. So I was like, man, like, if I'm starting off like this, like I'm gonna have to go up, you know, because I'm going <laughs> out. So, but it was just the experience alone was it showed me my capability and it showed me what my worth is and mm-hmm. what I have. Like I have so much built inside. Like the bigger the canvas, the more I, I just I love to create. So that was one. But canvas size, I had a collector in New York, and he dropped. 35k on it. I was like, Come on, man. Yeah, wait, wait, wait. No, 3.5k. No, 3.5k. Excuse me. 3.5k. No, but we we speaking that into existence. We get it. Come on, let's go. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) No, 3.5k on a canvas piece, and that was the most I ever sold for. I was like, you know, I'm over here nickel and diamond because I think that people, you know, you get people that negotiate all the time. It's like can I get a discount and this and that? Mm -hmm. It's like, no, like I'm so past that. You know, I'm trying to get, I see people selling their work for 35K, selling their work for 20K minimum. And it's just like, you have to, once you know your worth, you have to adjust your audience to such. Mm -hmm. So that's what I'm working on now. I'm trying to transition, breaking away from the mainstream and get into the conversation of the big dogs. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, but. I feel it. I'm glad we're having this conversation with it because it really made me think more on like pricing at with art. Like, how do you determine the price of your art? Like, yeah, I know you mentioned you like you see your value from what you create. Like, is there a certain way people like appraise it or something like that? Like, how does that part of it work? So one, what has helped me the most starting out was by size. So the size of the canvas. And I would create like when I was doing commissions, commissions is like a formal word of just like, art requests. Like if you want something painted and I basically create it for you. The size of the canvas has helped me like create a generalized pricing. So starting out like something as small as 
18 by 24 would start at $500. But that was starting out. Like, that's when I first. This, I'm already, she's still being worked on, but I plan to release her for 2800 And, like, nothing less than that. And she's with oil. So it depends on the medium, too. If you use acrylic, of course, I would say charge less. But oil and on top of the basing it with varnish, like, all of that creates that price that you're going for. But, yeah, like, for a size like this, I've seen people sell their pieces for 20K with no question about it. So it's like, I want to be able to get my foot in that door. And I know it's coming. It's just like, oh, yeah. I'm, so, I'm so ready for it. I'm ready for that breakthrough. So just like you said, it is the compounding effect. Like it started off, you did for that mural for 4K. And now I'm pretty sure you, you if somebody want that same mural, it's going to oh, be higher. Like it's just, of course, continuing. of course. Especially because it lasts forever, you know, and it's you're getting a piece of the artist, no matter if you're a dancer, if you're a musician, they put their heart and their soul in that. And so these are my babies. Like, I don't play about my canvases. I don't play about my paintings. I remember one time, the first time my painting got punctured by my easel, I almost threw a fit. I had a whole tantrum. I was like, no, like it felt like I got stabbed because that's how connected I am like it's like my diary it's Mm -hmm. what it's how I express myself so to me personally I feel like it's priceless but if I had to put a price on it I'm gonna put a price on I feel like what it's worth and what I feel like it should go for so what's the average time it takes you to finish like a piece like that that's behind you how long does it take you to finish that um so she has about eight more layers to go at this rate you see layers what Mm-hmm. Right now she's only on layer five and it took me like three and a half weeks. I had to at least make her presentable because I had just went to Atlanta to do a showcase with creative canvas. So I was like, let me make her look, you know, presentable, but she's not done. So I'll probably give her another month. But the only thing about that is when people see that they feel like you're a machine and they expect it to be done. It's like, when is it done? Like, when are you releasing it? It's like, I'm taking my time. Mm-hmm. You know, this is by hand. This is not a print. Like, I have to create her by hand. So, yeah, I give her about another month. So for something like this, two months, two to three months, depending on depending on how complex it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how long did it take you to do that mural in Houston? So that one, because of the size, I know it seems like it would take that long, but it only took me three and a half weeks too. I was like, I was out there every day for like six to eight hours. I was so dedicated and so in the zone. Sometimes I'll be so in the zone for 10 hours straight and not eat. Like that's yeah. how, like in the zone. And it's like, it's an amazing feeling. I want to get back to that. I haven't I'm been. Taking, I'm taking, the weather was amazing through these three weeks too. Yeah. Yeah, because <laughs> I know how Houston, like in the South is. Yeah, it was through the rain, through the humidity. I didn't care. Like I was making sure I was getting it done. And then plus, I think what motivates me more is deadlines. You know, when I don't have deadlines, I kind of just take my time. But of course, it was for a, a play. So I was like, we're gonna make sure that this is good. But like I told you, the bigger, the better for me. And when it's bigger, for whatever reason, I tend to finish it faster, maybe because I am so zoned out. Like, I'm just like, nothing can stop me. I don't know if y'all seen, what was that movie that just came out? The little animated movie with the uh, black soul, soul. soul, yeah. When they yeah, get he was the in zone, the zone. <laughs> yeah, that's how it really be. It's like your spirit is in a whole nother place. 
you just be so <laughs> focused. So it's amazing. That's crazy. That's crazy. Brianna, you were mentioning earlier when you got into this, you were learning a lot more about business. And you mentioned uh, about people thinking you like a machine because you sell the canvas prints. Mm-hmm. I wanted to ask you about that part of it. What did you have? I, I had wanted to ask before we go into that. I wanted to ask like the difference because you brought up the mediums like the acrylic and the oil base and stuff. Why is there a difference between those? Like what makes it one higher versus one being less expensive? Okay, so so for example, I mean, of course, the oils cost more. I don't even know. I think each tube is like twenty dollars. So for these, for the acrylics, this would be like six ninety nine. And because this is water based, it dries faster. It's something I love to start out in because I'm such a fast paced worker. But oil has taught me to have patience and it's more is butter like it blends better it finesses the canvas that much more the only time I use acrylic now is if I'm doing expressional pieces but with oil this is what the greats worked with this is what Picasso worked with this is what uh, Van Gogh worked with and as you see with their pieces I mean it lasts for decades for centuries and so I had to really challenge myself to start tapping into this And like I said, with the acrylics, you can only use water, but with oils, you know, they have certain mediums that you have to cover by, you know, linseed oil to get it to dry slower and quicken. So it speeds up the process. It's like a whole little chemistry base with oil base, Mm. but it's definitely worth it, you know, because you get your work looking like this versus something that's more animated with the acrylic. Mm. So that's definitely where the price difference comes in. But I mean, I'm still learning. I wouldn't say I'm a master yet, but from the little that I do know, I try to teach classes and, you know, teach other upcoming artists about the difference. So I have a online class I'll be releasing soon. I know everybody's been waiting on Pressure. (laughs) Yeah. So is the learning curve kind of a little bit different with the oil and acrylic also like? It is. It is. And you, like I said, you have to have patience when like, once I teach the class and do the, because right now I'm just going to touch base on acrylics. We're not on oils yet. Oils is like intermediate to masters, but with the layers, you have to do a layer a day. You can't just go in on it. This you ain't no to, paint with a twist type stuff right here. Oh, no, that's with the acrylics. Like with the oils, it's just, okay, the base, let it dry. Come back the next day. Okay, let's do the first layer. Let it dry. Now, with acrylics, you can build those layers like that because it just dries like that. But if you do it with oils, it's just going to look like a bunch of boo-boo on canvas <laughs> if you just approach it that way. But, yeah, it's definitely taught me um, patience, and I fell in love with it. I wish I would have started off that way, but I'm just glad that it has taught me to, you know, learning process because I went from drawing to painting and now to, you know, doing the oils. So. I'm still excited. I'm not nowhere where I need to be or I want to be, but I taste it. My spirit tastes that. I'm there. I'm getting there. So I love it. I love it because like you got this mentality. You you're an international fine artist right now. Like let's not take that lightly. Like people buy your art across the world, and you still feel like you hadn't touched that level yet. Or like you're still a student. And I think that's what's going to get you there, though. Like that mentality. You just continuing to level up and level up. And I love it. And yeah. now I kind of want to get into that business piece I was talking about with the canvas prints. 
So like, how did you branch into that part of it? Like, was it just because so much demand had happened or like, how did that happen? Yeah. So I was only doing originals first. I was everything. I was known for originals only. Mm -hmm. And the thing was, I was showing love and selling it for the low, but then it was like, okay, I'm only making 30,000 from this alone, 30,000 a year, just from the originals. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, I have to find another source of income that's going to really help me, you know, take my business to the next level. So me doing research, like people love prints. And of course, my end goal is to make it to like the elite and have my work, you know, in the museums and stuff. But because I'm such a people's person, I want to make sure that my work is reachable for all people. So I was like, I need to make something that's affordable that people can get their hands on. You know, that's still, it's not Walmart knickknacks, but it's still something that, you know, they see it as worth in their home, but it's like, okay, I can still afford that. So came across a Canvas print website, start entering orders. And because of the high demand of orders that was taking place, the franchise that owns that Canvas print website, they end up reaching out to me, end up partnering with me. And from there, it took a load off of my plate because I was like, you know, I was typing in orders. I could not keep up. I could not keep up. So my manager took over and it took me from just 30,000 to six figures in a year. And I was like, man, this is it's a game changer, too. So I definitely recommend prints. If anything, you know, I don't like I said, I don't want people to devalue their work by just selling their work for $20, $30, because like I say, it's still a part of you and you're not going to find this everywhere. So um, setting your price for something that is still like, say if um, the print, a cost for a print is $20, then you put $30 or $40 on top of that. So you can at least get $10 or $20 back. And then of course the bigger it is, but yeah, that's how canvas prints went about. And then I did shower curtains. I've done tote bags. So kind of just diversify it out. So question, the prints are just a replica of the originals, correct? Yes. So I invest into a good quality camera. And what you do is, I'm giving up all the little tips, but what you do (laughs) is you make sure that you take it in a natural sunlight setting and either have it display like on an easel upright or on the floor. and You make sure you take perfect pictures of them. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I'll get online to make sure like if there's any like sunspots, like dust particles, I try to digitalize that out. But it's basically like a perfect replica of the original. And from there, like, it's like, at least I ain't got the OG, but I got something that, you know, that represents it. So I love my camera spins, baby, but I need the original art collectors. I need them to come for those. When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, This is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludicrous. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holla at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. That's dope, though. Do you limit how many of them are being able to be purchased? Because I know you say you don't want to devalue it. So is there like a quantity that you said, okay, this is how many that's going to be out and that's it? 
So what I started doing, sometimes I release limited editions. Right now I've um, pushed out premium collections, which are exclusive like frame prints. And then basically how to weave out the old ones. What I would do is let people know in advance, like, hey, these have been around since 2018. They're about to discontinue. Y'all better go ahead and hop on these before they, you know, they're off the inventory. Mm -hmm. So it's like, okay, let me hurry up. And then that gives me room to push new product out because Mm -hmm. for one time or 2019, like, yeah, two years ago, I was getting complacent because I was like, I had over 80 pieces, you know, on my website that people can choose from. And I'm like, you know, I was taking my time, but I'm like, no, like I need to push out new stuff. Like they need to see some new stuff. So that's when I was like, all right, I'm getting rid of this. I'm washing my hands with this new and improved. So yeah, that's kind of like my limited edition kind of thing. Things that last for like a year or two, and then it's off to new inventory. Hey, that's smart though. I like that. Yeah. Smart. So that means I got one of your pieces. Um, I'm trying to remember the exact name of it. Is is the J Cole on the dollar bill? That's that shit was hard. Yeah, dollar in the dream. The dollar in the dream. But yeah, that was hard. <laughs> it was like a whole series you did with him, right? Yeah. So I still have them. I still have them, but I don't know what I want to do. I think I'm gonna hold on to them. I think I'm gonna hold on to them until. I die and y'all just frame them and put them in a museum or something. But yeah, I'm holding nah, that's the way, yeah, that's the way to go. I'm holding, I'm holding for the long term, like a stop. Yeah, yeah exactly. So these are these are it. Oh wow. Oh, oh you did them on actual dollar. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so nah, yeah, that definitely gotta go in a museum. Yeah, that they, is they, pressure. It's the chosen one series. So wow. I'm not done though. I just I haven't had the chance to really get back on it. But what I did with that, I basically scanned it on my printer and then you just upload it as a canvas print. That's that's real dope, man. That's that's some pressure. Thank, a lot. thank you. Yeah. Th- there's one more question I want to ask you, like regarding you and your art and referring back to the oil. You said it taught you patience. And I want to know, how did you transfer that over into your actual everyday, day-to-day life? How has being patient through art taught you how to be patient in life? I'm still praying on that, but. (laughs) 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 No, it definitely has taught me, like, it's one day at a time because I'm so connected to this vision that Mm -hmm. I have, like, in my mind, in my heart, I believe I'm going to be one of the greatest artists in the world. That's on my vision board. Excuse me, my, um, like I said, we're still moving in, but like I keep a vision board. I make sure I write down my priorities and my goals, make sure I like tackle things. I still have invest 25K before 20, you know, 22. Like I got all kinds of stuff up there that is a gentle reminder that even one check, just one check at a time helps me know that I'm making progress. But it's okay that all of those aren't done at once. You know, like as long as I'm checking my board off and I'm completing my priorities and completing my goals, it's taught me like, okay, I have patience. I'm making it happen, but it's okay. Just be gentle with yourself. Like sometimes I'm so hard on myself because I know like where I want to be, 
and I see where I want to be. And I feel like, yes, my work will be, it will go down in history books one day. But, and it sucks because the thing that I struggled with the most is not staying in my lane. And when I was overseas, I felt like I was detached from everything. Mm. I felt like I didn't have the same opportunities as everybody else. But the thing was, I wasn't paying attention to my own blessings and realizing that I was in a whole nother country checking out museums that people only see in history books. So mm. I, had to, I had to be patient. I had to embrace my moments, you know, and stop looking at everybody else's lane, looking at what they driving and getting mad because, you know, I ain't driving the same thing, you know. So it's taught me a lot, but it's still a learning process. And I have to remind myself daily of like this board. I have to remind myself daily, like you making it happen and that's okay. Your time will come, you know. I think that's very, I had to give it to him, man, because that, that's a bar, bro. Like, yeah. I think that's very, very pivotal, though, because I think just in today's age, mm-hmm. even like you said, with you, with art, but even with anyone who's doing anything, it's so easy to get caught up, especially with social media, because of how fast it just takes you three seconds to upload a, a post. But you don't know what went on behind that post. Like even people faking it to make it like the fake jet pictures and stuff like that. Exactly. Like it's crazy. But the fact that, you know, you said, I'm going to just write it out on my vision board. As long as I'm making progress, as long as I'm checking one goal off, I know that, Hey, I'm still doing it. I'm still at least moving. I'm not in a stagnant place. I'm making slow, but sure progressions. Right. Exactly. Exactly. It's needed because social media will have you run raggedy. Like, you see somebody else making it happen. It's like, dang. And then for the most absurd stuff, and it's like, I'm really out here busting my behind. And it's all I got to do to, you know, to make a couple of dollars. But I'd rather go through the fire and be refined rather than take the easy route. And then you get that fame and then, you know, crash into a wall. So I'm mm. like I said, I'm going to be patient. I taste it. It's there. But I'm trying to focus on step one instead of focusing on the whole staircase. And sometimes I get so caught up in looking at stair 27 when I ain't even took step three yet. So Hmm. I like that analogy. I like that. What's good, family? Jalen here. I have some great news to share with you. We have recently launched BWR Academy, the number one online school and community focused on teaching personal finance and wealth building principles. By becoming a member, you will gain access to premium financial education covering the topics of credit and financing, debt repayment strategies, retirement planning. That's right, we're going over 401ks, IRAs, and everything in between. Life insurance, we'll be having weekly budgeting and accountability calls, and so much more. You will also gain access to a powerful network. For years, we have been preaching, your network is your net worth. So here's your chance to increase your social capital. We will be having many of our previous podcast guests coming back to teach exclusive classes that can only be found through BWR Academy. We have also partnered with Capital, a premier financial app that will allow you to participate in our quarterly savings challenge. We have a goal of helping a thousand families save $1 million collectively. We'll make sure that you are not a part of the 74% that cannot afford a thousand dollar emergency so if this sounds like the type of environment you would like to be a part of make sure you sign up by clicking the link in the show notes make sure you sign up now because spots are extremely limited 
See you in the academy. Have you been thinking about starting a podcast, but you don't know exactly where to get started? Maybe you don't know exactly what equipment you should buy or who you should go through with the hosting platforms. Well, good news. I created a course just for you. It'll be showing you how to make the fewest mistakes possible on your podcasting journey. It's called the Podcaster's Playbook, and it's a total masterclass taught by me, showing you all the techniques and tricks that we use behind the scenes of the Black Wealth Renaissance Podcast. Swipe up now. Click the link in the show notes so you can purchase the podcast's playbook. So I do have a question. If I'm a young artist trying to get my name out there, my art out there, and I wanted to get into more art shows and people to view my art a little bit more, how do I do that? Yeah, so I was saying to go back like with Eventbrite or even with networking, but it's also like just seeing what's going on in your city, seeing who's having anything coming up with hotels. I know Aloft, I don't know if you've heard of Aloft hotels, but they're like a modern day hotels that support a lot of artists, right? Mm -hmm. I have heard of those before. And they'll display your work. There's just, there's so many events that take place. I don't even know how I came across Creative Canvas, but I've been rocking with them since 2016. And they've like expounded so much, they blew up. Okay, they've taken it to the next level. And I'm just, I'm like, man, like to start out with them, you know, and then to have my work in Houston African-American Museum, it's just all about, you know, like who you talk to, you know, and you can't let up on that. And I I felt like I lost that because I was so detached from Mm -hmm. everyone and so isolated. I have to, I'm trying to get back to that. But, you know, you have to be confident in yourself. You have to be in a position you have to place yourself in positions where it's like I'm gonna walk into this room and even though I may not be the person that knows it all but y'all gonna feel my presence and I'm gonna let y'all know what I do and so you never know who you might be sitting next to I could be at a bar chopping it up with somebody that could really open that next door for me so it's just like don't be afraid to share like what you know to share what you do like that could that could take you to the next the next place so um my suggestion is just networking, seeing what's in your city. Social media is a powerful tool. It's a dangerous tool, but it's a powerful tool. Yes, I lost you know, 100 right. pay and bounce back. So, <laughs> and that's to say, don't solely depend on social media for income. Uh, baby, so you had your account get deleted? I had my account hacked, yes. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I had 100K in 2018 and lost it and then made it back. That hurt me, but it taught me to get out of solely mm-hmm. depending on social media and really just like, all right, let's talk to these people. Let's see what's going on. Mm-hmm. Artistjobs.com. Artists, if you need any work that you know you want to get grants from, you want to get paid free money for what you do, check out artistjobs.com. It's all kind of stuff out there. It's just about doing your research. Everybody is not gonna hand it to you. You gotta really like educate yourself. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad you mentioned that thing. I didn't know that was your social media. Like, so after that experience, did you like go about owning your audience? Like, did you you find a few different ways to go about getting like the contact information from these people? Mm -hmm. Email subscriptions (laughs) is a great way. Because like I said, at that time I was transitioning to overseas. So that's all I had 
mm-hmm. over there, it was very limiting. Like, because I wasn't an official citizen, my husband, he's in the military. So because mm. I wasn't an official citizen, I couldn't open up my own art studio. I couldn't, mm. yeah, I couldn't work, you know, so I had to be under the table. So all of the support that I was getting was from back home. And so everything mm. was online. So I had to like really grind, you know, and use social media. But on top of that, it allowed me to become more personal with like just checking in on people that have invested into my artwork that spent over so many amount of within a certain amount of year. And it's like, hey, because of this, you get this. And, you know, I just want to show you love. Like the more personal you become with your supporters, the more loyalty you have. And you Mm -hmm. have to never forget that those are the people like me for I put God above everything. But aside from that, like these people are the ones that keep your business afloat. So don't be treating them like they just, are you going to buy my work or what? No, these are people that's like family to you. So treat them as such. So that helped me to um, break out of that as well. Cause I would make it seem like I'm too busy to respond to comments or too busy to respond to emails. And it's like, no, you going, if you on the toilet, go ahead and check out this email, you know, respond (laughs) to somebody. Don't act like you all that. So it's helped me with um, all that. It's helped me with a lot, but yeah. No, that's really, really dope. And I'm glad that you're touching on that because once again, with social media, a lot of people do feel like, oh, I'm big, I'm this or whatever. It just follows like, I can literally say I'm unfollowing you just as quick as I followed you. Exactly. So this is a number. You do have to be like personal and really show people like you're social. A lot of people, they act one way on social media and they're a totally different person than they are whenever you meet them. Exactly. Uh, but I always say like social media is social. You have to actually, if you want to be successful at it and really grow an organic audience, you have to show your real self because right. real people, that's who they're drawn to. They're drawn to you, not the bullshit. Yeah, no, for real. And it taught me that losing my first account. And after like seeing that go down the drain, I was like, dang, like, no, I really appreciate it, y'all. So now I don't even consider them followers, I say my supporters, because they're mm. the ones that make this happen. They're the ones that are building the bricks with me, the ones that see in behind the scenes. And I was sociable beforehand. But like I said, because I was so isolated, I'm not gonna lie, like being in Italy was kind of a trying time for me. It was mm-hmm. a trying time. Was but, it um, such a culture shock? Was that part of it? All that. It was all that. And I, I want to get into that. Okay. You said earlier, it was like you felt like you didn't have the same opportunity as everyone else while you were in Italy. Why did you feel like that? Because seeing your friends like attend art shows and, you know, go to like, I think Lena Waithe had a upcoming showcase in L.A. that had all the artists there, you know, for her like um, show release. I was like, dang, like that could have been me. You know, just seeing all these things take place. And I'm little old me sitting over in Italy with the chickens and the cows. And I'm like, man, like, I really <laughs> want to be there. But I mean, I think it was an opportunity for God to sit me still and just mm-hmm. take a break. Because for the longest, I was on the go. You know, I was on top of it. I was like, nothing could stop me. But I think that moment in time was a self-reflection was like, appreciate what you have. And stop complaining, stop comparing yourself, stop beating yourself up and just sit back and embrace what you have. Like it's taught me humbleness. It's taught me all that. So I'm grateful for it. Don't get me wrong. And mind you, you know, COVID took place. So I was 
grateful enough to experience like the traveling aspect of it. But once the, you know, and Italy didn't play, once they shut down and locked down, it was like no movement at all. So that's when that reality kind of set in where I was like, I got to get it together because I was so hard on myself. But yeah, the culture shock um, was real. It was real. It was beautiful at first. Like, it's like, dang, you're in another country, you know, different language. It, mm-hmm. it opens up your mind so much more, especially getting outside that box. It makes you look at America totally different. It's like, dang, like we really got some issues. You know, we got a lot. <laughs> we to really on. are like Americans. We have that sense of entitlement. Yeah. And it's not like that there. But with Italians or even with the Europe nation, like they're so welcoming. I don't know, you know, some people say they've experienced different things, but for me, they're very welcoming, very family oriented. It taught me so much. Like it was just, it was beautiful, but at the same time, it was depressing because I was isolated. I was away from family and friends. I was away from the opportunities. I was away, like I was out of my element, especially coming from Houston, the fast paced life to something real serene. Italians, they don't believe in working. They believe in living life. When they work and they take off at 12, I think it's called the Palazzo. I was about to say, is it like a siesta or stuff? I forgot what it's called. I don't know. I think it starts with the P, but once they take off, they at home eating with their family and you don't catch them whenever they get back to work. Don't rush them to get back to work. Yes, it can say that it's open and you drive, you take a 30 minute drive and it's closed. Okay. They are at home sipping vino with their family. I need to go to Italy. Yeah, I got to go get some of these experiences, go to other places. And I like how you say it, open up your mind. And, uh-huh. and that's crazy, even like you're saying, though, like, because with Americans, we're so focused on work, 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 oh, work, work. If I'm not doing something, I feel like I'm bullshit. Mm-hmm. We're so like, and I'm pretty sure that's why you're so hard on yourself, because mm-hmm. I deal with it, too. We like, all deal with it, like I know sometimes I'm just like, man, I'm chilling. Like, man, you, I know there's so, there's so much more things that I could be doing right now. It's right. like, I need to work, work, work. And I think that us as Americans, we glamorize the grind, the hustle mm-hmm. that, oh, you need to do this. You need to get it out the mud. Mm-hmm. But like you said, you took a step back and you were able to really see this country. Obviously, they're still thriving. Like, yeah, everybody take a, taking a break. Yeah, they big chilling. When I tell you, I was like jogging, just seeing the elderly paint their fence, feeding chickens, sipping on their wine. I was like, they living. <laughs> Okay, it's not a care in the world. And I think that was the shock for me because I was so on the go to being this 180 to like really just a serene and tranquil environment. It was like, I can't take this. Like, I got to do something. So, yeah. Did it have like an effect on your process as an artist? Do you think some of your greatest works came from that time? I do. Even though I couldn't push out as much work as I wanted to, I would say some of my most personal pieces came from that, like Walk By Faith and Through the Storm. Those two pieces speak to me the most because that's like what I was feeling. And I don't know if you've noticed, but like I tend to write a lot of poems with my pieces. So poems that reflect pieces are the ones that like I really connect with. So those two pieces, they brought a new sense of like refreshment and like replenishment for my spirit. But I don't know. I just, it's a lot that's taking place, but I'm still grateful for it. But now that I'm back, I'm like, I got to get back on it. I don't know what it is. It's like this lion in me. It's just like, 
my little five two self, like I'm a firecracker. You know, I gotta <laughs> make something happen. Ain't nothing wrong with that. So, so, what inspires you? Like when you paint, like what inspires your pieces? Conversations, experiences. I say life. I know that's a very cliche response, but honestly, it can be the simplest things. It can be this conversation. It can be two weeks from now, me um, jogging and just embracing nature. And then I see something from that and I collect it with something that we talked about. And then it creates this vision. And then it just, it curates this whole, like, it's like a molding process. Mm. So whatever, whether it's bad experiences, whether it's good experiences, I collect those things and it creates this, um, this concept. Mm. And once I have it and once it becomes into fruition, I have to create it. And that's why I call myself a God taught artist because sometimes when I create, it doesn't feel like I'm creating. Like I'll sit back and I'm like, ain't nobody but the Holy Spirit that used me. Like mm. it's a crazy, phenomenal feeling, but it's a scary feeling sometimes because it's like you're not in control. And like, that's what I said. If you look at my walk by uh, faith piece, I was like, I was being used by the spirit to just create that. And sometimes, like I said, the concepts I come up with, I'm like, ain't no way. That's why I can't take the credit for it because there's no way that I come up with that stuff on my own. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there's definitely something I always wonder just looking at your pieces because they always they capture like you just mentioned is multiple experiences in one. The walk by faith piece, that's the one with the little girl uh, yeah. with like the sea part. And that one hard. Oh, that one, that one's thank hard. You. That one pressure. <laughs> and it'd be a mural somewhere. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Like I said, I feel like I've slowed down a lot, but I feel like it was necessary because it has taught me that patience and it's taught me to take my time and to not rush. Don't allow anybody to rush you. You can't rush greatness. You know, greatness mm-hmm. takes time. It takes that. I'd rather have slow cooked than a microwave anyway, you know. All day, every day. So, they got that love and put it into yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that's what I'm, I'm in the process of that. I want to ask you one more question about your experience in Italy. Did you get a chance to go to like the Sistine Chapel to see any of like Michelangelo's work? Of course. We went down there. So my husband, he was over there for seven years. And I didn't move over there until, of course, last year. So before he got orders to come here, I was able to live there. But beforehand, I was traveling back and forth. Mm -hmm. So we went to the Louvre. We went to, I don't know if you're familiar with Salvador Dali. I do. One of my friends. The mustache, man. Yeah. One of my friends. He's a tattoo artist, too. And he done it on one of his artist's hands. So Okay. Dope. Yeah. So we went to Barcelona, went to his museum, went to Picasso's museum, went to Rome and just went to the Vatican. And you go in there and they're like, don't take pictures of the ceilings, you know, the famous. Um, the hands. They, they yes. bought, uh, God, God and Adam. <laughs> yes, yes. And so I'm like, okay. And I'm over here snapping pictures. And I'm like, <laughs> why, why you can't take no pictures? Right. It's once in a lifetime thing. And it's like, it all happened so fast, but I, it, it was a surreal, it was a surreal moment. And I'm like, man, I'm standing here. And I will catch myself, like, we'll walk through the cities and I'm touching the buildings, like just feeling the history of things, you know? It, mm-hmm. When you're overseas and you see that, see that like up close and in person, it just, it hits you different. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, that's, that's real deep. So I have one more question uh, and this was related to just being a creative in general and being a person that's an entrepreneur. 
do you feel as though business gets in the way of your creative processes at times? Like, how do you deal with that? Baby, when I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> if you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. At participating McDonald's. Listen, I need a team. This is like what y'all are doing is so it's amazing because you have a trusted circle of friends that are like minded and you can lean on and they have certain things that, you know, they can tackle that you may not can get to. And even all together, like E.T. says, the power of one horse can only pull so much, but the power of two horses can pull, you know, 10 times more. So it's like, Mm -hmm. I've been juggling this on my own for years. Like at this point, it's time for me to have a team. And I'm so, I'm grateful for my husband because I'm the left brain, you know, I could care less about the numbers. I could care less about the structure, but he's so right-minded and he holds me accountable for so much. Like He's the one that introduced me to investing. He's the one that introduced me to the Roth IRAs, all that stuff. Like, he's big on that. Shout out to the king. Yes, <laughs> yes. <Mr>. Matthews. <laughs> yes, trust me. If you get on stocks with him, it's never ending. Like, that's a conversation that can't be turned off with him. But it has helped me in my business, like, tremendously because I was struggling with that. Like, I was it's hard to keep up with so much being the creative and being the business mind mm-hmm. in due time. I mean, I'm thankful for my manager in Austin, the one that's handling my canvas prints, but the only way I can expand BJC is if I put more trusted people on my team, I'm in the process of searching for that. So yeah, balancing that definitely gets in the way of the creative process. Um, sometimes I do my own website, I curate my own website, like all of that. I do all that. So there's days where I'll spend at Starbucks and just do online work for two weeks or so before I can get back to creating. Mm-hmm. So I have to find that balance, but it'll come. I got one question. Are you kind of like more familiar with some of the stuff that's going on online right now with the NFTs, the non-fungible tokens and the crypto art? I've heard of it. But I have not touched it. I don't deal with Bitcoin and all that crypto. Uh, nah. it's, it's crazy. Like, just from what I'm seeing, like, there's people popping up with, like, uh, digital art museums and stuff like that. that. There's a digital like, art museum where you can, like, show off your digital art. Yeah, like, it, it's crazy. Yeah. Now, I know somebody asked for me to be a part of a digital, like, or a virtual art show. But I was like, no. Like, I like in-person stuff. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't touch base with all that cryptocurrency stuff. I don't believe in all that. Uh, you don't believe in crypto? No, stocks is as far as I can go. I need to see where my money going. And I need, it needs to be tangible. Like, mm-mm. I don't, mm It's okay. Like, it's, it's okay. These NFTs. Yeah, it's, it's something. I, I literally, right it just got on my radar maybe like three weeks it's, to a month ago. It's been on my yeah, radar this week. And it's like, whoa, like NFTs is, is, is something that's going to be huge. Yeah. Uh, Upcoming years, it's going to be something. So uh, real quick, for anybody that's listening, I mean, they might not know. An NFT is, is a non-fungible token. So it's based off of crypto. It's based off the blockchain. Yeah. So it's not the same as a Bitcoin. And it's not something that has necessarily monetary value where people are going to say, okay, I can use this and trade it as its currency. NFT is 
it can be released as an album. People are doing like trading cards. Yeah. There's like certain shot. You got highlights. Of, yeah. of NBA players that they're trading. It's something that's going. It's interesting just mm-hmm. to see how it's turning from a physical trading cards to digital trading cards. Yeah. In the way that they verify, the way that they're verifying, you know, okay, this is an original piece or this is number one of this collection and things like that. But we're gonna yeah, need to get we're gonna get somebody who's like an expert yeah, on NFTs yeah, yeah. on this show. Somebody that made some of that NFT money. They yeah. have people turning hundred dollars into a couple million. So yeah, there's it's some stuff going down. But Brian, but can you transfer that into like into currency, or is it just? So you use Ether to purchase it. Yeah, so it's all purchased on Ethereum. So like yeah. Ethereum, from my understanding, we had a guy Armando. He came on the podcast and talked about it. So like Ethereum is a coin that allows you to build on top on of top of it. Mm-hmm. So like it's tied. The value of it technically will be given to you in Ethereum if they buy it, or how does that work? Like I know so, Ethereum can be transferred. To so dollars. from it doesn't so, have to get to it, Bitcoin. To so dollars. Ethereum is a, it's basically a smart it's contract a, yeah. platform. It's so two it's, it's two made, sided. Yeah. So it's made. Ethereum is made to cut off the middleman. Uh-huh. So like you've got artists that have to deal with record labels mm-hmm. to cut off the middleman. Maybe artists that. Like her, they have to deal with art shows or different things like that. Like to cut off the middle, anything that deals with the middleman is is supposed to cut it out. And so the artist and anybody that is, has their non fungible token, they can actually trade it without a middleman. Yeah, and then they, you you buy it through ether. God, what? Yeah, it's it's it's, it's crazy. Like. I don't want you to just be like don't equate it to yeah, Bitcoin. Bitcoin. That's what I was saying. And I don't, don't want you to say to not believe in it, but I want you to have it on your radar because I definitely do think your the art. future, the future is gonna move in that direction. I, I just can't keep up. I'm so old school. I'm like, so much <laughs> stuff is being released. Like I can't keep up. All this TikTok and all this extra and like I'm not even on TikTok yeah, either. I ain't gonna lie. No. It's crazy. Yeah, I'm sure. Like, especially I mean. Our people are just now waking up to, you know, the whole idea of investing. No one taught us that. So nah, I'm like, try, I'm trying to take one step at a time. Hopefully yeah. once I get that down packed, then I'll consider some. Um, yeah. yeah I, down the line. And I just wanted to uh, bring it up because I know that's something like in your realm. And it's something that I see a lot of creatives are uh, leaning towards. Yeah. No, uh, I, so I, I them talk about it, too. So I'll definitely look into it. If you and anybody that's listening as an artist, I say I suggest you listen, look it into NFTs, especially the part of selling your work and getting a profit mm-hmm. off of each time it's sold or listened to or yeah, like if they sell it to someone, there's like ways where you can put into the contract. If I buy it and then I sell it to someone else and I sell it at a higher value, you still get 10% no anytime it's sold. Yeah. Really? So that's yeah. Yeah. it's like a commission or a royalty. Yeah, like a forever royalty. forever royalty. Yeah. That's okay, I might have to look into that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <now. laughs> yeah, man, Definitely look into it. It's that. something interesting. So, so Brianna, we're gonna pivot to the last segment of the show. This has been an adult time, great episode. I've been, I know I've learned a lot so far. Um, Hell yeah. So we want to ask you, what's on your timeline? What's something you seen on social media, the internet, anywhere that you just want to speak on? It could be anything. Um. Well, one. I cleaned out my uh, following, but I definitely, y'all are on my timeline. Y'all keep me abreast on stuff for sure. What can I say? I just, I just want to give a shout out to all my fellow creatives that inspire me as well as 
just people that I've befriended over the years. I'm so proud of y'all just to see the evolution that has taken place. I just to see people's growth. That's what I've been witnessing. And that's what has put a smile on my face because one has inspired me at a time where I was depressed and I was low. So I'm proud of y'all and I'm glad that I'm able to witness that. And it has also helped me to, like I said, be gentle on myself and know that this is a process that everything doesn't happen overnight. Even though I want to feel like the Beyonce of the art game, but <laughs> it's going to take some time. So, Hey, yeah. you working, you working your way to it. I definitely think that I see a bright future for you, even like with your murals and stuff. BWR gonna have, yeah, to, gonna have to commission you, commission, commission you for a piece. You gotta be the That's gonna be that's gonna be the piece. Yeah, I got y'all, I got y'all. Especially, I got a whole built-up inspiration of you know Italy in me. So y'all can get all that. Y'all can get all the Renaissance y'all want. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's gonna be hard. Well, Brianna, we want to say thank you again yes, for coming you. on yes. this episode. I've learned a lot. I really enjoy how you took your passion and slept on industry an industry that a lot of people say you know you can't make it you really need to have whatever mm-hmm. and you are able like you said to go from making 30,000 to six figures a year just by you implementing those canvas paintings like that was a smart move on your part so I really enjoyed this episode yes no I really appreciate y'all thank y'all so much for the opportunity I was like I can't miss out on this because I had to wait three months I was like y'all big y'all making it happen so <laughs> please my behind it here and just and be on it because I don't want to wait another three months before y'all really blow up. Y'all already platinum. Y'all already reaching the middle. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> hey, appreciate, appreciate that. Appreciate that. Yeah. We can get you on. This has been like again amazing. Brianne, for what? Where can yeah. the people like before tap you get in up out of here? Like, where can they find you on social media if they want to buy your work? How can they get it? If they need one of them canvas prints. If they want to buy my girl back there, let, let them know what the exclusive hitting on. Like, let, let's talk about she it. She farted, okay. man. You got to, yeah, off the rip. Yeah. You got to sell her. Like, yeah. yeah. All right. Y'all can check me out. Check out all my beautiful work on briannejames.com. That's B-R-I-O-N-Y-A-J-A-M-E-S.com. I have a flash sale going on right now that ends at 11.59 uh, p.m. tomorrow. It's 30% off canvas print. So you go ahead and check that out. There's over 60 pieces to choose from. And if you want to see my latest progress, you can follow me at God Taught Artist on Instagram. So check me out. Check me out. Yes, yes, yes. I got to go get me one of them things. Yeah, yeah, I got to go get one of them canvas prints. We're going to have one in the office. I'll tell you. It's major. You back in the States now, so it's up. It's yeah, up. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I'll be touching down in Texas soon. I'll have to hit y'all up. Yeah, yeah let us know. know. Let us know. We here. Okay. Once again, Brianne, we appreciate you so much. If you need anything, you uh, we good. Like, you family. Now. Yeah. You hit us yeah. anything, anytime, whatever <laughs> you need. Just Likewise. let us know. Likewise. Well, thank y'all so much. I hope y'all have a good day, and I'm going to definitely be tuning in. Will this be posted? Yeah, yeah, okay. this is going to be posted. Uh, I ain't gonna lie, it'll be in a minute. Yeah, yeah few, we, y'all handle it. Y'all big dogs, take your time. <laughs> I'm on y'all schedule, but we're gonna let you know before we put it out. This is gonna be like what April, yeah, sometimes in April. April. All right, cool. I'll be looking forward to it then. No problem, man. All right, peace, All right. y'all. Y'all have a good day. Peace. peace. So, okay. before we wrap yeah, this yeah, thing yeah, up with the house clean items. 
Thank you, everybody, once again, for listening to the Black Wolf Renaissance Podcast. This has been yet another amazing episode. Shout out to our guest, the guys, to our artists. Be super dope, y'all. Super dope. Go uh, get you a canvas. You go get you one of them canvas prints. Yeah, man. It's like amazing what she's doing. Like the work that she's putting out is definitely going to be something we're going to be talking about much later. Like it's going to be like, damn, like she was revolutionizing super shit. As always, y'all, make sure y'all like, subscribe, rate, comment, leave that five-star review for your boys. Yeah, we need that. We need that. We're trying to continue to grow the show. Like Brianna just mentioned, we've been platinum. We hit platinum. We million downloads in, but we're trying to double up even faster. It took us two years to get platinum. We whenever it was double platinum. That's two million. Yeah, trying I'm to, trying to go diamond. I'm man. trying to go diamond. So what diamond? Ten million? We need to go diamond in the next year. So like y'all continue to share. If you value this information, if you value what we've been putting out, we got a lot more coming for you guys. Y'all stay tapped into what Big BWR got going on. Hey, if you watching this to this part, you felt like you got some out of this, all I'm asking you to subscribe. It's free. Yeah, just, just, subscribe. just subscribe to you. Just show some support by subscribing. Yeah. And if you want to support monetarily, you can support us by joining our Patreon. Or you can just donate via the anchor link. If you don't want to sign up for continued support, you can just donate one time with the anchor support link. It's down below in the show notes. Tell them about the Patreon, boss. Oh, yeah, man. Y'all look, sign up for the Patreon. If you would like to access exclusive content, Behind like 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 we just said with Brianna, she said we're three months out. Like we got we got content that's out that's on the uh, books for about two, three months now. So you can get access to all of that. It'll be ad free. You can also tap into us. You'll be able to hit us up personally. Not all the time, but you know, we'll get on live on that way. You can have some one-on-one time with us. Ask us some questions. Yeah. One second. I got one last thing. Kelly, you got anything? Oh uh, man, get at our uh, products, man. We got manage your money like the 1%. We've got the credit course. And we got the podcast play. Yeah, if you want to learn how to make a podcast. Yep. And last thing for me, y'all, as always, we got to give a shout out to our community, our people. Last review that we got on the pod, our guy, Gamer BNG, my stepping stones and gems. Mm. This is the first podcast that he ever listened to. I really never understood the purpose of a podcast, but listening to you guys and the guests has really opened my mind. I've always known that the mindset is key to success, and these podcasts are stepping stones to that. Thank you guys. Keep it going. Shout out to you, Game yeah, shout, out to shout out to you. Shout out, shout out, shout out, shout out. Yeah. Yeah, shout out to y'all. Once again, y'all leave those rate reviews. And until next time, this is the Signing out. Peace. I got money on my mind. I'm just trying to get some dough. I ain't picking up my lot unless it's money on the phone. Gotta get it on the daily. All I want is dubs. You know what I'm on. I've been chasing after paper. All I know is run money marathon. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. Bada ba ba ba. At participating McDonald's.